on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guest is director Erica Gornall, and we are talking about her brand new HBO documentary, Saudi Women's Driving School. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And I should tell everyone, you're calling us from London today. So I am indeed. I am, yes. After a very long um, shooting shift I had today, I've been filming with ambulances for 14 hours. So, oh my so yes, yeah, so I'm feeling very perky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we, we were able to work this out. I, I have to tell you, this documentary yeah. is, is really eye-opening. Um, just to give our listeners a little bit background, do you want to just tell them a little bit of what the documentary is about, and then we'll get into more detail? Yeah, sure. I mean, the the way that the documentary kind of came about, um, obviously, um, it's been well known that, that women haven't been allowed to drive, uh, but it's the last country in the world, in fact, where that was the case. Um, so when the announcement came, um, my director, uh, sorry, my producer, Nick London, kind of wanted to get him involved and see if we could make something in the country. Um, and it took, I think, a year before um, I ended up coming on board and, and filming. Um, and, and in a nutshell, I mean, the film really is uh, about, you know, those women in Saudi Arabia who have been able and allowed to drive uh, for the first time. Um, and as you kind of go through the film, and as I met these women, um, you kind of see it's a much more complex situation than you sometimes see on the media. Um, um, with many of the women actually uh, having driven before. Um, so it was a kind of um, slice of life of Saudi Arabia um, at a moment in time, um, representing, you know, some women um, and their lives, I think would be fair to say. Uh, and that's what we've done. And we've, we've filmed some women there. Probably one of the first um, documentaries in, in, in Saudi Arabia. So it was it was exciting and it was incredibly interesting to be there um, as a woman myself. Well, I, you just have so many questions. So, so so this, um, yeah. I mean, what was it like filming in Saudi Arabia? Uh, first, let's just start there. I have other many other questions, but what was it like filming there? If, you, if this was one of the first, yeah. I mean, I I definitely had um, mixed feelings going to Saudi. Um, I'd heard a lot about it. Um, I, I did quite a bit of reading before I got there, and and kind of was bombarded by all these books about the rules, particularly that um, that obviously women had to, to follow. So I, I was pretty apprehensive when I, I got that. I think probably a mixture of apprehension and curiosity um, when I first kind of arrived. Um, and I would say that to an extent, um, some of those apprehensions were, were correct. Um, you know, obviously, uh, there were some things that I, I couldn't do. Um, when I arrived at the, the hotel, for example, I, uh, I got quite a few funny looks when I went to the gym and I wasn't allowed to go to the swimming pool. So these kind of things were quite difficult. Uh, but there were other things that were a lot uh, less tricks than I thought they would be uh, than I expected. Um, so for example, I've been told about all these partitions in, in cafes and, and places where women could go and only men could go. And a lot of that felt like it was changing. It definitely felt, at least in public, for the people who were outside in shopping malls and things like that, 
there was a there was a feeling um, that things were opening up, and I certainly felt that while I was doming out there. And it, you know, the, I just recently saw an interview with the Prince of Saudi Arabia, and um, actually, uh, one mm-hmm. of the questions that uh, Nora, O'Don- Nora O'Donnell asked him was about the um, uh, well, a, a, a number of things, obviously, but the uh, imprisonment of one of the uh, primary yeah. high-profile women who fought for the right to drive, and she's still in prison even though in June of uh, 2018 they gave women the permission to drive. And his thoughts, what he said was that there were laws that uh, must be respected, and that's why she was still in prison. How do do you feel about that, having been there, and now that it's no longer uh, a, a law that women can't drive, do you feel she should be released, or, you know, what... Do you know anything more about that particular case? Uh, n- no, I mean, I, I don't know more about that particular case, but I mean, there's, n- there's no doubt at all that um, that going to Saudi Arabia, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a complex country and there's, I mean, there's no way that I can ignore um, and should ignore the fact that, you know, these incredibly brave women who have for, for years um, and decades, actually, um, you know, they, they have fought for this right. And uh, But what, what I would say is, that you know there are obviously a lot of women whose lives have changed um, quite a lot from this, and it's a complex situation. I think um, you know it's certainly true that while a lot of things have changed for women in the last kind of couple of years, and certainly even in the last couple of months, that there are a lot, lot of women in Saudi Arabia who um, still you know won't be able to exercise that right to drive. I um, still have you know there's still lots of rules like um, guardianship that can you know stop a lot of women. From doing what they want to do and of course the, the big one of course is their justice system um, and the fact that there are women there imprisoned um, their final charges have not been uh, made public um, and that still sounds to be the case but but the thing is you know, as, a, as a documentary maker um, and and when I was filming out there you know I kind of think that the voices of the women in Saudi Arabia and, and the women that I met in Saudi Arabia are incredibly important and they're voices that have not really been heard before um, and so so, you know, it's not a seminal film about all women in Saudi Arabia, just in a way that, you know, we don't have a seminal film about uh, women in America or women in the UK. Um, it is a kind of snapshot of, of, of those women who've been able to experience this change in the last few years. And I think that while there are many things that, you know, we should quite right be challenging on Saudi Arabia, um, like their justice system, like those women that are in prison, um, I think there's, you know, also uh, a case that we, you know, we, we have to be careful about, you know, um, filming groups of people, especially filming women and, you know, uh, expecting them to maybe answer questions about a state or a family or maybe foreign policy, you know, many other things that obviously you could bring up in a film. Um, because they are kind of ordinary women leading their lives, and um, that kind of the, the kind of snapshot that we were following at that time. How did you choose the women that you followed? Uh, it was kind of mixture. Um, so uh, basically, my producer Nick and uh, my exec producer Fiona um, went out on a trip before I um, turned up on the project, um, and I kind of was just exploring Riyadh. And one of the one of the things they were doing was going into um, kind of car places so they're kind of going around you know just looking uh, at the kind of changes and one of them they went to a, a garage um, and they actually met Sarah who was our kind of uh, became one of our characters and uh, they kind of bumped into her and started talking and it turned out 
that she'd been in the back room um, kind of taking calls and things like that. And uh, as soon as the decree was announced, she was allowed to go into a kind of uh, selling and uh, and sell these cars um, to men and women. And for her, that was a, a huge change, um, not just um, because she was, you know, selling to men and women, but she'd always wanted to buy a car. She'd always wanted to drive. And that's, you know, one of the main reasons why she was you know, working there in the first place. Um, and she was getting to, you know, have a different, you know, career in that sense of going out and, and selling. And so we actually, you know, Fiona and Nick met her doing her job. Um, but it turned out that, you know, she was on this waiting list. She was, you know, on the waiting list for the Saudi driving school. Um, and so we managed to um, follow her journey. But next time we got there, um, she was at that point where, you know, she was about to kind of get her first driving lessons. And um, that was kind of exciting for her and exciting for us. So that was Sarah. Um, and then we met uh, Shahad. Uh, we were kind of looking at Uber and Kareem, um, who were, you know, obviously two major taxi companies, which has actually changed Riyadh a lot. Um, so when you're asking about filming and, and staying in Riyadh, um, you know, you get everywhere by Uber now or Kareem, you know, it's easy to get from place to place. And she um, was a, it was kind of an Uber driver. So she had passed her test only a couple of months beforehand and, uh, and was now driving Uber. So uh, we uh, got in touch with Uber and Kareem and they kind of said look you know there's a number of people you could talk to and and Shahab was one of them um, and so we kind of met her and thought you know she's absolutely brilliant um, had a lot to say for herself um, so that's how we met Shahad. So it's kind of, you know, just through, I suppose, the same as you would do in the, you know, documentary in the UK and the United States, kind of just finding those those different characters. And then Amal, obviously, our, our driving instructor, um, we met through the Saudi driving school. So we were um, we kind of met a number of, of instructors and she was uh, a lady that we, we really wanted to follow um, and who was going to be teaching Sarah. So that's how we met them all. It's it's amazing. What also is amazing is that this driving school is huge, just huge. It's massive, yeah. It was just blew me away. I don't think there's anything like that here in the states anywhere. But did they have over? Was it over seven hundred women? Is that what, how many people women that yeah, can go yeah, through that or on the waiting list or what? I remember seven hundred. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were there were just so many. Um, I didn't have exact numbers, but it was it was a lot. Uh, there was a lot of people, you know, queuing up, um, kind of waiting to get registered. I mean, it was amazing. It was um, the atmosphere was it was so exciting, and it was very much. I went to a girls' school um, in my sixth form, and it was just like that because it's all women, and you get all this amazing chatter, and and it's just it it's just kind of going back to school. Um, and very loud and, and, um, you know, I, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And it was really, the people were really fun, you know, but, but even then, I mean, when it comes to filming, um, I'd say that my male producer probably got, um, a slightly different experience to, to me. So, you know, I would go into the school and it would be, you know, kind of very, uh, open and we'd all have good jokes and sometimes people would be covered sometimes they wouldn't you know it's all quite relaxed um, but as soon as a man enters um the the school it's very different <laughs> it it does it does change um there's a there's arabic rajal gets screamed out that's arabic for men or man and uh and and then everything changes quite a lot so he probably he probably experienced more um 
this behavior change than, than I did within the school. Um, <laughs> but it is, it was very, very nice when I was there. What was the most difficult uh, part of the shoot for you? Um, I mean, there were lots of difficult parts of the shoot. I mean, I think the, the main thing for me, you know, I, I've obviously come in uh, as a you know, female director um, and going into a country where, you know, things are changing to some extent in, t- in terms of gender relations, um, but there is still a deep-seated sexism. Um, and I think that comes from, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but, you know, what you'd have is people being very friendly and saying very nice things to you and to your face. But then, then when you kind of questioned it a bit more, um, it was very clear men and women were different. And um, an example of this was when we did some anonymous interviews. We did a lot of anonymous interviews um, with men. And the way we did that, I mean, we really did just drive around in cars, um, you know, around Riyadh. We would stop off at different corners or squares and we had a fixer. You just went out, you know, just meeting lots and lots of men and saying, you know, come back in. We're going to ask you a lot of questions about, you know, relationships between men and women and whether they're equal and what they thought of driving and what they thought of guardianship. Um, and I would be sat in that car and they would, there were some men. I mean, I would say that there were a lot of men who, who were very much, um, believing in equality, but there were some men and, and some of them not that old i would say you know 30s and 40s he would happily say in front of me you know no of course women um can't make these decisions and they can't do this and of course they're 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 weak um and i was kind of i found that very difficult because these are the kind of things that um that would never be said to our faces in the uk or in in, in the united states though of course we do know that they those do exist but it's to the extent where they're buried they're not acceptable things to say and I think that was really hard to um, be a director on that and in the company of that uh, kind of opinion and said with such confidence and and such belief that they could kind of say that right to my face and um, I would have to kind of just say oh okay you know I mean, obviously, I did challenge it, but um, but but it, it's still hard when someone says those kind of views of such conviction um, in terms of, you know, my feeling and my value. Uh, I think it's hard to avoid, you know, as a human being, um, however much you try and um, understand it. And but that, it, I think that was the most challenging. It's, it's real interesting that that's still very pervasive today, but it's, again, culturally, mm. um, I'm assuming this is what they, you know, through all these centuries have been told. And um, and now when we're the country starting to move into the 21st century uh, a little bit more, and I think, yeah. you know, obviously the prince has something to do with that. We must give him some credit because he's he has been advocating more for women's rights and uh, the guardianship, as you talked about, but also women are re- becoming more relaxed about covering themselves, their their heads and their, uh, I guess you still have their faces and all of that. Uh, did you find that there was, a, I mean, you had some wonderful young women uh, t- uh, talking about mm-hmm. the changes going on. Do you want to discuss a little bit more about that and how how the, how the women are just feeling in general and becoming more empowered? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the women that I met um, really did feel that. And, um, I mean, if we look at people, like women like Shahad, 
um, and you know Amjad. Uh, I think they um, you know believe that they are you know the women of the future and have you know had fantastic education and have real hopes as to what they're going to do in the future. Um, and so I think they really do feel that change and, you know, can't, can't underestimate how, say, the small things that we take for granted have become such big steps um, in somewhere like Riyadh. You know, having music in cafes, not having to worry about um, uh, partitions. We went to cafes that wouldn't stick out in L.A. You know, they were very trendy places. And, you know, as, as uh, you know, someone from the U.K., I've felt very comfortable in those scenarios. Um, and all of that is fantastic. And they do, um, you know, they are very, very pro um, Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, and they do credit him for those those changes. You know, but yeah, as I kind of alluded to, I, as an outsider to Saudi, still feel torn. And I think, you know, that comes out in the film in the sense of I don't kind of discount, um, you know, experiences. And I think it's kind of, you know, I came in, you know, with as clean a slate as possible, I would say. Um, and I kind of do think that these women are going through an amazing change. These particular women are going through this amazing change. And a lot of the women I met felt that way. Um, but it's, it's also hard to ignore that other things are going on. Um, and obviously, in particular, these women in prison is very hard for me to ignore. Um, and when we were there, there was a real sense um, for the women I spoke to, and not just, I mean, not just my contributors, these are conversations I was having um, in many locations. So again, we went out and spoke to women, um, you know, kind of dropped off at different squares and spoke to women. Um, there, there was a kind of feeling you know, there was there was this kind of feeling that they were kind of wanting to um, port this this big change, um, but they are the people that I'm meeting kind of in squares or you know out and about. Um, and when you wanted to talk about the women in prison, it was one of those things that they they wanted to distance themselves, I think, from those women in prison. And, and as you said, the, the the view was very much that um, it's the way in which they are change um, and it's the way in which they did it that was the problem um, but even though that's how they felt obviously as a place that we come from with freedom of speech you know I see that as freedom of speech um, and and the idea that this, these huge punishments are being given for what I see as, as you know your right to protest and, and freedom of speech it, it's so culture, it's so culturally different but again it's not just about culture the, you know we're all human beings so you see I kind of bandy between the two the two worlds in a way the two thought processes because I, I kind of I understand where my women in Saudi are coming from but also it feels like they don't want to kind of grab the issue of these women who have you know fought for the right to drive and who are being punished they, they try and separate them as separate things separate worlds and it was like that when we were out there it felt like those, those two worlds didn't collide at all oh I want to follow up with that but I mean just tell everyone if you're just tuning <laughs> in you're uh, listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies and my guest today is a documentary filmmaker uh, Erica Gornall and we're talking about her brand new HBO documentary uh, entitled Saudi Women's Driving School so my question is how did this project come to HBO who are 
they're just so well known for their documentaries uh, through all these many yeah. years. How did it, how did you get involved with HBO? So I the way that the the, the project got uh, uh, commissioned was uh, Nick London, my producer, and also uh, Fiona Stoughton. What uh, once they kind of decided that they'd like to do a film or look into doing a film in this. They kind of approached HBO about this film and said, you know, let's try and you know do a film in Saudi Arabia. There's this driving school. Not only is the ban being lifted, but there's this absolutely huge driving school. Um, and you know, we really want to make this film. Um, and so they approached HBO and uh, they decided, yeah, let's, let's go and make it. Um, that's the easy bit. <laughs> the, more, the more difficult <laughs> bit actually is uh, <laughs> the more difficult bit is actually making the film yes. and actually getting that access. Um, and and that was all done in 2017. Um, and so months and months and months later, um, they approached me to to direct the film um, and kind of, you know, get on board. And even then, you know, access was kind of building and building, but was slow. You know, oh, that was, you know, coming up to a good year later, like, a, you know, before we actually went and, and filmed. Um, so it was a slow process. So I think the, the, the idea was fascinating. You know, I was fascinated. I thought, what a fascinating project to be involved in. You know, going away to you know this place, Saudi Arabia, meeting these women that we've not really heard anything from. That is all brilliant, and I think you know HBO thought the same. Um, but getting there, getting access, you know, actually landing in a plane and going to the driving school, um, access there does not happen unless you are on the ground. So you know. And anything can be said and agreed, but until you're on the ground and you're around that table, um, nothing has been agreed. And that kind of, that pattern continues and continued throughout the whole of the making of the film. You know, access was always kind of re-talked about and at every stage. And, you know, production was slow. Perception well, was very slow. Erica, I so think the making you, of it, it I, was the harder bit. <laughs> uh, I, I can imagine. I, I'm so sorry. Our time is out. You're a fascinating guest, and this is a fascinating documentary. Saudi Women's Driving School will be on HBO on October 24th. And I wish you much success with this. It's a fascinating uh, look into Saudi Arabia and women and the issues that are going on around the world. And uh, I, I, I thought it, it was just excellent. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. You're very Thanks welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. If you've missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, or you can check out iHeart's podcast channel. And if you have a smart TV on the iHeart app on your television, just type in Jam Price Show, and I will pop up, and you can listen to all the past shows there. Thank you for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.